I'm coming down the stairs of the subway station, and I can hear a woman yelling. I'm not sure what she's yelling, but there's a rhythm to it. She's repeating herself. And I get to the bottom of the stairs, and she's standing right in my path. She's on my side of the tracks, and she's shouting, Can anyone help a hungry and pregnant mother? Over and over and over. Not moving, mind you. She's not making rounds. She's not going up to people. She's standing there screaming until the subway finally comes. What a relief. I get onto a cart a couple down from her, and the subway pulls off. I put my headphones in, and sure enough, the cart doors open, and she waddles in and goes right back into her routine. Can anyone help a hungry and pregnant mother? Nobody flinches. She takes a step forward. As if the problem is that we didn't hear her. She's yelling so loud, there's people in the next cart over peering through the window to try and figure out what the commotion is. She does this maybe 20 times without exaggerating until the incremental steps lead her directly in front of me. And she looks me in the eyes. I'm drinking an iced coffee. She looks me in the eyes and asks, can I have that ice? And I shook my head no. And she's mad. Were you going to drink it? And I nodded my head yes. And she leaves as the subway pulled into the station. And then I got to share what I think is probably the funniest eye contact I've ever shared with an ancient Asian lady sitting directly next to me. She shot me a look with a smile on her face like, goddamn right. She seemed very proud of me in that moment. And I gotta be honest, I'm pretty proud of myself. I don't think that ice was gonna help her. I think on the long list of things that could aid her, Ice is probably somewhere near the bottom. What are you going to eat the ice? There's no nutritional value for that. What are you going to cup your hands so I can give you a couple melted ice cubes? Get the fuck out of here. Like Radio. I am your host, Jeff Wiles, and today we are joined by Zach Andresen. This is a big episode for me. Um, Zach was one of my very first friends in stand-up comedy, one of the first cats I ever connected with, and uh, he actually left Arizona 
he was probably the first of the people I knew to get out of there. And we kind of lost contact over the years. It was a real tragedy because he's one of the coolest, funniest dudes I know. Man, it just, it just goes to show you got to stay connected with people. It's a real exercise for me. I know that we're in the age of social media and all this, and you can stay connected across the world, but it's, you know, I was a phone guy. I used to talk on the phone for hours. And then the texting, you know, I got used to it, and, and now with the f- social following and all this, it's a real exercise for me. And uh, this episode is, shows why you got to stay connected with people. He's done so much since I last saw him. He got married. He's got a kid now. He's traveling the world. We talk about all that stuff and more. I'm really grateful to have him by the show. And get this, he's local. He lives right in my neighborhood. Or I suppose maybe I live in his neighborhood. However, Brooklyn, we're out here. I ran into him on the subway. I'm sitting on the subway and the door's open. A guy walks in. I go, damn, this cat looks just like Zach. And right as I'm thinking that, he looks up and sees me and he goes, oh, shit. And I go, oh, shit. And we did a 45-minute handshake we were both very much like, why the fuck aren't we hanging out? We got to connect. I had him over. He's doing big things, and I'm happy to share it with you guys. I'm going to keep this intro short because uh, there is so much construction happening around me that it sounds like I'm in a war zone. So uh, I'm going to get out of here. But while I'm feeling sentimental, let me hit you with some tunes to match. Going back in time on the sounds of the nation, it's the Caroline Flashback. Constructed. This train will be making local stops up and down Mary Lane.
work. Get a little dirty. This is hazmat rap. Scratch that. When this is rock, you'll see niggas dropping like the Nasdaq stats. Black popping like a ass that's fat. Trapping that cash. On top of that, I'm getting ass cap stacks. INSI never sleep. Meaning I'm an all night alive. I'm in the Tribeca streets. Untouchable was never in your reach. Stick to the bone. They call me bona fide homes that could be. Time for this realness. Time for us. Time for this realness. Welcome back to the program. I hope you've been enjoying yourself. Because now we're moving on to the main dish. The interview with Zach and Drayson. He's taking the test. Do you know the consequences if you should fail this test and not get through Death Alley? My advice is not to try it. I've made up my mind. I won't fail. Don't you know? The men in there will be fighting to kill? I know. They're all my brothers there. But they have their orders, though. Fight to kill and show no mercy to anyone. And that's why they call it Death Alley. What do you prove if you're killed? What do you think? Should we dive in? Let's do it. You want to introduce yourself to the people? Sure. Yeah, hey, I'm Zach Andreessen. I'm a comic here in New York, I guess. Yeah. Goddamn right. Hey. We go way back. Way all the way. All the way to Phoenix days. Oh, man. I'm the third Phoenix comic I think you have on, right? Maybe? I don't yeah. know when this is coming out, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's heavily Arizona. <laughs> I feel pretty good about that, though. To be number three or four, even. Like yeah, that, come that's on. pretty high up. There's some good people in Phoenix. Yeah. I feel good about it. Hell yeah, there are. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, man. My uh, my pleasure. <laughs> if you uh, ever have a kid, you're more than welcome to come on my podcast. Mom and Dad made a podcast. First plug right there. Are you serious? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so let me know if you pop one out. You okay. Know, come. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, how you been? Summer's been good to you? Dude, yeah, it's, everything's good. Uh, you got uh, this new show popping off at uh, Stand Up New York. That's exciting. Stand Up New York has been super awesome uh, to me for sure. And uh, yeah, they like they gave me a weekend show, Friday night late show, which oh, is really cool. Yeah. It's really awesome. So uh, it's like eleven forty five, and they're just basically like, look, like if you can get people in, great. Uh, if not, it's not a big deal. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's like no pressure, and I just kind of get to do what I want with it, and uh, it's super cheap. It's like five bucks, but you also get like a free beer when you come in, so it's really come on, like a free dude. show. Yeah, so it's it's been good. We drawn we had like twenty five, thirty people the first two shows, which is pretty awesome. Hell yeah! Especially that late night uh, show is is a fun one. Yeah, get a free get a free drink in there. We're trying to like give the vibe of like. Uh, for comics, at least, that it's like, this should be your last stop hang. You know what I mean? Like, if you're out doing mics or you have sets that night, like, come hang at Stand Up New York later. And we're leaving at least, like, one or two spots open to try to just, like, put people on who show up. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, man, that's the way to so, do it. Uh, yeah, we've it's been cool so far. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah and you're, uh, you're, you're back from a, a world tour, I want to call it. I don't know if you did comedy out there or not, but... Yeah, we dude. Traveling. Wait, before we get into that, though, I want to tell you this one thing. So Please. that happened this week. It was crazy uh, at Stand Up New York. So we filmed Crashing there this week. Oh, really? Well, yeah, which was super cool. Uh, do you yeah. watch the show at all? 
Um, I yeah, I, I caught the first season. I I only got a couple episodes into the second before my HBO ran out. Yeah. <laughs> That'll happen. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I saw the second season either. But you know, I like Pete a lot, and I've always loved his podcast and stuff. And so they they're fil- it's the only other club in New York they've filmed at outside of the cellar, which is awesome. But uh, they were doing two days there. And dude, the whole second day was amazing. I kind of got to go. I got to be on the set. I was five feet away from Judd Apatow directing Pete Holmes. Whoa! Like watching like the Woody Allen of our generation. I don't even think that's too presumptuous. I think that's pretty accurate. Like he's like no. I mean, he's he, banging out these like big comedies. Yeah. Like he, I got to watch him. He had like what they call like a god mic, which I had never heard that before. But basically, like a direct line in to Pete, and was just like feeding pete improv lines like in the scene like say this try it this way do it like this oh whoa yeah you're just like watching this shit happen and i'm like this is a crazy and i was thinking about it and i was like 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 again state of new york's been so great to me i was like you know four months ago i was just doing like and i'm still doing a lot of mics and stuff like that but i was just in the grind of like you know the three mics a night five nights a week type thing and not really like getting anywhere and i'm like and now four months later i'm on the set of crashing this is the coolest fucking thing so right if you're not down with stand-up new york go hang there it's a cool club they're good to young comics it's great yeah yeah i feel like uh of the of the clubs that one's probably doing it uh the most uh open and friendly yeah for sure you know yeah man so yeah, I traveled. That was the big thing last year. So I was, I, my timeline with you is all fucked up because I don't even it remember really, the last really time is. I saw you. Uh, my life is super weird. So I, I was in New York in like 2012. Me and my wife had separated and then I went back to Phoenix. We got back together. We had a kid. I don't think you knew any of this unless it was like peripherally. I, I knew, <laughs> I knew that you had gotten back together. I didn't realize that you had a kid though. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah so we have a three-year-old now, almost three. He'll be three in September. Oh, whoa. Cool. Yeah. Uh, What's he doing now? <laughs> he, dude, I tie him up in the could house. Could not have been more glad to get the fuck out of the house and come to this podcast. <laughs> you could have been like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna shit in your mouth for 45 minutes," and I would have still came over. <laughs> I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> yeah, drive me up the fuck. Literally, when you text me, you're like, "All right, I think this guy's gonna be late. You should, you can just come over whenever." I was like, "Shoes on, get me the fuck out of here." <laughs> I, I hear that. I'm gone. He's just maniac, dude. But uh, yeah, of course, especially at that age, bro. Yeah, so we we moved out here right when my wife got pregnant in 2015 together, and then in the beginning of 2017, uh, I just it, there's like a bunch of reasons, but I was I had like a good job. I was working for LinkedIn out here and stuff like that, and oh, like nice. yeah, it was like I was doing mics and stuff, and it was good. But uh, I just had like an opera. I was like kind of building out like a freelance writing thing on the side, and I kind of felt like I could do that full time, but I couldn't do that and still live in New York. It's too fucking expensive, so. We quit. I quit my job. We sold all our shit. We gave up our apartment and we basically like went from Airbnb to Airbnb for like eight months. Uh, Whoa, really? Yeah, the three of us. We had like our two, not even really, I think it was like one and a half or two. I don't even remember. But at that time, and uh, yeah, we did like Paris for a month. We were in Berlin for a month, Croatia, like all these different places. And it was sweet, man. It was cool. Yo, that's insane. Yeah. I, that, that's like my. Uh dream is to like sell everything yeah. you know what i mean just yeah. like get rid of everything and then move on yeah dude it was really the only thing that sucked about it is that i wasn't doing comedy like i should now in retrospect i would have been but it was like 
especially in Berlin, which there's like actually a really good English speaking comedy scene there. But Is it really, I think that like the combination of we were only in each place for a month, so it was a little hard to get acclimated, and also like you are naturally like wanting to sightsee, and you know you're in Paris, like there's other shit you want to do than open mics. I think you know, yeah, yeah. But also, it was I was just intimidated. Like it was just like a it's a nerve wracking thing to kind of go into like a especially like a European city's comedy scene and like try to do anything with it. So I didn't do comedy for eight months which was really brutal and uh then we were in phoenix for three months over the holidays so we did like came back to the states and did like uh thanksgiving and christmas in phoenix uh where we both i started comedy there you started there too yeah, right? yeah. uh and that was cool because like i got to you know get on with a bunch of people who i had started doing comedy with and meet about there's so many younger comedians dude there it's crazy yeah like remember when we started in phoenix it was like a bunch of old dudes and a lot of them were funny but like it was like a much older scene now i feel like it's way younger yeah we were the young kids totally it was like me you matt anderson matt stores like those those were the young yeah 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 yeah, exactly uh but james is awesome by the way i saw him while i was there that dude is so fucking yeah he just stays funny it's crazy he's i wish he was doing more stand-up i told him when we were there i was like dude you need I don't know. All his all his videos are incredible, but I just wish he's such a good writer. I wish he was on stage. He more. really is. If you're listening to this, James, get the fuck out there, James. <laughs> yeah, and not, and not only that, but like, not only were we the young kids in the old comedy scene, not like old, but like you know, we were certainly much younger. But not, but the venues were like old biker bars, totally. And shit. So we were like <laughs> fresh faced, like barely could buy a drink legally, yeah. trying to be like. So the other day, my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I mean, you could get that. What was it like a seven dollar steak at the Hidden House? That was like their big selling point. That place was crazy, man. Hidden House, man. That was the place I I distinctly remember the first time I met you. Not to keep going down nostalgia lane, but like I remember doing a set at Hidden House. And, uh, you know, the thing about like Phoenix Comedy then at least is that like you could go from doing having never done comedy before to like doing two sets a month at the hidden house, which is like unheard of obviously in New York, but like they, yeah. you could get stage time so quickly in Phoenix without even being good yet. And I definitely wasn't good yet, but I remember you watched my set and I hadn't met you yet. When I came off stage, you like pull me aside and you had, you had like given me notes. You had like written down shit oh, for me. Well, like, really? Hey, this is good. You should do this though. And like, so, and I was like, Oh man, I was so grateful. I was like, this is, thank you. This is great. Cause I had seen you and I thought you were super funny and it was just awesome. But it was like my first, I don't know. First, like a uh, friend, that I had, I guess. No, I've, yeah. I felt the same way. Yeah. I remember seeing your stuff and, and you were like the first person I think within like my demographic age range right. that I was like, oh shit, we're out here. You know yeah. I, mean? I was like, <laughs> I probably, knowing myself, thinking back, I probably like latched on was like, totally. dude, let's go do shows together. Exactly. Yeah. I felt that way with you and Matt Anderson and then like certainly Justin Phillips too. Like there was, there was a like small contingent of us that weren't like the dudes who were you know, 45 and over, like, yeah. doing it, like, that we're trying to... But, you know, even the older guys, they were funny. I remember Steve Maxwell was fucking hilarious, so, so it's like... Yeah, oh, man. It was a it was a fun time, for sure. I wish I wish the Hidden House was still there. That would be fun when I go home Dude. to go do that place still. Yeah. That was a fun room. I got to open up that last album. Yeah. You remember the Hidden House had, like, those yeah. albums? That was the thing. That was, like, the get. That was the big goal yeah. for when you were, like, a Phoenix comic, I felt like, was... I didn't even feel like I cared that much about like doing the improv or doing stand up live. It was like you want to get on one of the Hidden House albums. One of the Hidden House albums. <laughs> I mean, it's bittersweet because they completely cut my set out of the album. <laughs> I was like the opener, so I so like if you listen to the volume three or whatever it is, 
and you hear like the intro of the host or whoever, the audience is so fucking hot. It's like unreal (laughs) because I'm telling you, like I remember this set. I came out and hit fire for like eight minutes Uh. straight, lit up the room. (laughs) And then they're like, let's start recording. (laughs) You motherfuckers. (laughs) Uh, Damn, dude, that sucks. Yeah. Well, you know, I was glad. You have the memory, you know? Yeah, yeah. I was glad to be a part of it. I have that. I have that CD somewhere. That's great. Bouncing around. I would love to see those. I forget. I mean, there was. It was like definitely like uh, like I remember Ashley Peruznia was on it. They always put like yeah. Ronnie D on it, who she's still doing comedy out there, which is cool. Yeah, uh, I really liked her stuff. Um, but bit- yeah, and now it's like I feel like like you had Michael on this podcast. I was listening to the episode of my way over here, but I feel like Michael and Anwar kind of like the dudes kind of leading the way. And Genevieve certainly is like you know with Bird City and stuff. Like yeah, kind of leading the scene out there now. I'll it's never cool. forget like when it was at the Speakeasy. Yeah. Back when they were doing, I love that room too. That room was when Stan Scott was there. That was a wild fucking yeah. place, man. Holy yeah. cow! But uh, I remember one night afterwards, he he just like he cornered me and was like, "I'm coming for your spot." <laughs> he was Wait, like, who? Turner. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, he'll tell you too if you ask him. He he was very much like, "I'm gonna get to where you're at." It, 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 like he it was, you could feel the competition like coming out of him. You know? What yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. It was very much like uh, I felt like. Uh, you know, like one of those basketball moments where you're like passing the torch down. Dude, he, I remember when he started and he was another guy who like, uh, I, I hit it off with pretty quick, but he was funny from the beginning. And now I have like no qualms saying, I think he's the best writer in Phoenix. Like he's so good, dude. I think. Yeah. I mean, just having what he's got three shows. Yeah. 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 Unreal. Uh, I've never been to literally the worst show ever before, just cause it's never lined up for a time that I've been in town. But I go to This Week Sucks every time I'm in town, and I've done it a couple times. You did it before, too, right? Yeah. It's super hard, man. Like you. People don't realize that, that is, you are not going to have a good time as no. a comedian. No. That, that show is not, while it is a comedy show, it's not, um, it's not for comedians. Nope. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they're slaying with yeah. Photoshop jokes. Yep. Which are hilarious. <laughs> they're great. And they're great. It's a good writing. Right. But it's like you can't, you can't switch from like topical Photoshop jokes to like, all right, well, here's a quick three minutes about, you know, somebody's internal struggles with life. It yeah. just doesn't translate, you know? Plus, they have all the goodwill. Like, everyone loves them. <laughs> yeah. and so yeah, It's when, almost like you're ruining the show yeah, by exactly. being there. <laughs> and then when they rip on you, it just hits even harder. And I see yeah. that the biggest mistake a lot of people make doing that show is that they try to fight back instead of just, like, going, like, easing into it a little bit. Like, yeah. you have to just kind of, like, take it, I guess. But you have to be fast, and you have to, like be able to like respond to things i think but people try to fight off the the comments <laughs> yeah, and you can't idea. do it no 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 they're uh top notch yeah really. man so you uh wh- what was the if you don't mind dragging me along the uh the travel route because uh you know yeah. i'm not really i'm not one of these people i know it's everybody's like you have to do comedy 24 7 right but uh i think you know taking breaks for life experience that's all part of it too you know yeah, I mean, I think it was much needed for sure. I'm glad we did, uh, and I felt like I came back with like a lot more fervor, especially because I got to ease back into it in Phoenix again. Where like, That's you know, nice. I felt very comfortable in that scene. But we were we did Paris for a month, uh, and then we went to Berlin for a month, which was killer. Uh, Paris was really fun too, but I really loved Berlin. And then we went to this like small island off the coast of Croatia called Havar. Uh, which was a shit show. That was crazy. <laughs> Why? What's going on in Havar? <laughs> it was not. I mean, by all intents and purposes, it's a paradise. Like any normal person would love it. But me and my wife and my kid are like 
pale, you know, like my son's literally a ginger. Like, like, like none of us have any tolerance for like beach sun life at all. <laughs> and it's a total, it's literally the Cancun of Europe. Like oh, it's where people from like England and shit like that take like their spring breaks and stuff like that. So totally. it's crazy. They literally, there's this one bar. I forget the name of the drink, but they have this one bar where you go in, they put an army helmet on your head and then it's an alter alternating between you take a shot of tequila and then they hit you in the head with a hammer. And then you take another shot of tequila and they you do three shots of tequila and three strikes in the <laughs> dome with a hammer. Oh my God. And people are doing this. We would wake up in the morning and again, it's like this very idyllic, like, Super old. School. It looks like Game of Thrones. Like I mean, totally. Dubrovnik in Croatia is like a main scene for Game of Thrones. So like it's very similar to that. It's gorgeous, and then you just see like drunk, passed out Brits laying on like park benches, like <laughs> totally destroyed. And we're just there with our three year old, just like walking around, like all right, well. And I don't know, man. It was just it was it was pure mania. Like we two weeks in, we were doing great, and then all of a sudden we just hit this turning point where we we're like, fuck this place. We're on an island. The big thing that happened is that me and my wife were both writers. Like that's how we were making our money. And on day like five of being on this, again, isolated Island with nothing on it, my son poured a glass of water on my laptop. And so, Oh fuck. Dude. Yeah. We had 25 days to go and obviously no way to go get a laptop or get a laptop anywhere. So my wife and I basically had to share a computer for our jobs for, you know, 25 days. So not only did that mean like, more intensive work but it also meant that like when one of us was working the other one was basically sitting with a thumb up their ass i was gonna know? say what, what are you like no, no, no i'm inspired give me the laptop yeah, exactly. like, no no no, i am yeah exactly <laughs> damn dude uh, so yeah it was we when we got off that island so we, we left there and immediately flew to iceland and i don't think like either of us had ever been like more happy to get the fuck out of to there. be a, out of a place and we were like we we still talk about like okay you know hypothetically if someone came to us with like a free trip to havar would you go and i think both of our sister like there's it's too painful yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not ready and that was a real turning point though because we really thought that we were going to do this shit forever like i mean not literally forever but we we felt like okay our kids too uh, he doesn't have to be in school or we don't have to be firmly planted until he's like four and a half. Like it's literally cheaper to do what we were doing than it was to live in New York City. Isn't that crazy? It's man? totally insane. I mean, we were flying one flight a month plus an Airbnb for an entire month in each place. And it was cheaper than my rent was in Park Slope. So it was like, why not just keep doing this and see a bunch of places we've always wanted to see. But after Havar, we were just like holy shit this is brutal <laughs> and it kind of took the wind out of our sails a little bit and that's when we started to like game plan for like a return home so we did croatia then we did iceland then we did montreal for a month oh nice and then we were in phoenix for three months for the holidays and then we moved back to new york in uh in january damn here since whoa 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 yeah so no on havar paris is all right Paris was sweet. We're going back to Paris in a few weeks, which is cool uh, for a friend's wedding and stuff, which is awesome. But like uh, my favorite, I think, overall of them was Berlin. Berlin was, is a shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah. What's really going cool. on in Berlin? I mean, I, I, uh, I have an auntie that uh, is is constantly in uh, in Germany and, and uh, spent a lot of time there, fluent and all that. But I've never been. First of all, I love that you called her an auntie because that is a pure New England thing right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It's amazing. I, it, uh, my, my, my language is so subjective to 
where I am and who I'm around. Yeah. It's like, I wish I had more of like an established, like, no, this is how I talk, but like, give me a month around to certain people. And it's just like, I just adopt. That's, that's the way it should be. I, all of my aunts are aunties. So I refuse to, I'm not switching it now. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's the way it should be. Auntie sounds right to me. So yeah, I came, I came home one Christmas and was like, auntie, can you pass me that? And they were like, what the (laughs) fuck did you say? (laughs) Sorry. No, no, that sounds right. Yeah. So uh, Berlin, what what was uh what drew what was uh popping about Berlin? Uh, fuck. I mean, not to put you on the spot or no, anything. no. First of all, we had just like we nailed it in like our location. Like we were just in the perfect spot uh, where we were staying, which uh, was a neighborhood called Prenzlauerberg, which is. Uh, I wouldn't quite say it's like the Williamsburg of Berlin, but it's definitely the Prenzlauerberg. <laughs> it's the Prinz, <laughs> the Prenzlauer. Uh, no, it was sweet. But the big thing for us was that like it just it felt like um it felt like the culture of what they're all about there was made for Haley and I. Like we both love to drink and we love our kid and we love an environment where both of those things go together. And I felt like Berlin is built for people who love those two things. Like literally cool. every single you know, beer hall or bar that you're at also has like a playground or a sandbox or like a kid's hangout area in it. Like literally, dude, we would be at like an outdoor bar uh, and there would just be like a full on like swing set with slides and all this shit. And we would just like let him go and play and we could sit there drinking steins of beer for hours. And it was the best, dude. It was like made for us. That's so fun. It's dirt cheap, which was amazing. And, uh, I don't know, like, they're, the food was was killer. I'm a big, like, I'm not, like, a foodie. I don't give a shit about, like, fancy food, but I love food. And uh, it's all super cheap. And uh, this guy was telling me, like, because this is kind of nerdy, like, history stuff on it. But I guess prior to World War II, uh, Germany was, like, a big cultural epicenter. Berlin specifically was a big cultural epicenter uh, and was a huge food place. And then obviously like the Nazis like kind of stripped all of that culture away and it took a, it's just now sort of recovering from it where like all of this time post World War II, uh, Germans have never really given that much of a shit about food. Like they've always just been like, they've always taken like affordable options over like fine dining. So it's been really hard for like fine dining restaurants to thrive in like this environment. But like Mm. now there's this new younger hip generation that's like kind of getting more turned on to like that being a thing. And so it's definitely like the city itself is becoming, I think like a lot cooler and there's a lot more cool stuff going on. So it's fun. Perfect time to check it out. Yeah, man, it was really great and it's still dirt cheap, which is awesome because Paris was not. So it was cool coming out of that, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. Now, uh, did you catch any flack for being an American or everyone just think you're like Swedish or something? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Paris, like they were, uh, Paris, they, everyone said that, that French people were assholes, but I didn't really have that experience. I just got the experience that like they have no patience. So like I made an effort to like try to speak French, the little French I knew. Mm. And they like have such an ear for it that like it'd be like if you were going into like a bodega or, or I don't know, you working at a coffee shop or something like that and someone came up and you could tell that they like their native language was Spanish and you spoke Spanish. Like they would just immediately like go into English. Like they just did not have any sort right. of like bridge for me in terms of like, Oh, he's trying with French. They'd be like, fuck you. I'm going to speak to you in English, <laughs> yeah. even though this is my second language. Yeah. Uh, 
So that was like, I mean, it wasn't hard, but then they weren't. Ne- they were never mean, but it was just like, uh, I want to try French, and no one yeah, let me then try. No. Nobody was having yeah, it. They were like, I'm not gonna be your fucking guinea pig for your dumb French lessons. So I gotta be honest, though, I kind of respect that. Yeah, <laughs> it's know? not a bad thing. I think. Uh, I mean, it's bad. For, it was bad if you were in that seat, but I think it's. Uh, I would be the same way. Germany it was the complete opposite. Germany, they were like. Uh, I mean, everyone speaks English in Germany, and like if they even started to, and I didn't even consider going into Germany. Like, oh, I speak zero German, you know, like I don't know a fucking lick of it. At least in French, I can be like, "Hi, can I get a coffee and a croissant?" Like, I can get by. Yeah, I didn't know literally how to say anything except "thank you" in German, and uh, so I got there and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, I don't even know how to get us to like where we're staying in this cab. But then everybody speaks English. So, like, if someone starts speaking to you in German, you're just like, ah, I'm sorry, I speak English. And they're like, oh, no problem, dude. Like, it's, like, yeah. that Whoa. easy. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, Same, similar vibe in uh, Montreal. Yeah, and, and in Croatia. Croatia's crazy because, again, like, weird, nerdy history stuff. But Croatia, Please. Uh, they, didn't have, they didn't have their own, like, public television. Hmm. Um, it, like, I don't know, and then... 90s and so there was like a, I sound like such a fucking dumb American there was a war right like the Yugoslavian war whatever whatever yeah. fucking war that was uh, but anyway they didn't have their own television station uh, native station so they watched American television uh, so they all speak like not only do they speak great English they speak English with like American dialects to it like like slang yeah my buddy was uh, he's from Rhode Island and he went to Croatia and got in a cab and uh, the cab driver's like, oh, where are you guys from? And they're like, the United States. And he's like, where? And like, Rhode Island. He goes, oh, dumb and dumber. And I was like, <laughs> what a fucking pull. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Yeah, that, that you know, that, that is something about uh, the old US of A. The influence on our media yeah. spans the whole world. We're everywhere, man. Yeah. Everywhere. It's crazy. And our music is pretty tight, too. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, I was like, Everywhere we went, it was the summer that um, Humble came out, the Kendrick Lamar song. And it was crazy to just be like in every single country and hear people bumping Humble everywhere. (laughs) Yes, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. But it was cool, man. I'm super happy to be back. One of the big things we learned out of all of it is that like we definitely feel like New York's home. I mean, certainly from a comedy standpoint, it's the only place I want to be. I can't. uh, So many of our friends did L.A. because it's obviously more convenient to Phoenix and stuff. Uh, I think that. First of all, I think if I could do it all again, I think the route you took of doing like Boston first is totally a- an awesome way to like scale up from Phoenix, but not necessarily dive into the deep end of like what New York is first. You'd, like you, at least it looks like did it the right way of like you scaled up in Boston and then you were like, all right, I'm here, I'm done with Boston, I'm coming to New York, you know? Yeah, I really just looked at it as like Arizona was high school, yeah, Boston's college, yeah, and graduate and go to the city and apply what you've learned. Right, exactly. Uh, so I think if I could do it again, I would do it that way. But I definitely realized that like New York is home, not only from a comedic standpoint, but also like it's just where we feel happiest, I guess. I mean, uh, I don't know. We just love the city and people shit on it all the time. There's so many people who are like, I fucking hate New York or it's so expensive or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't, I don't know. I'd rather pay a lot to live in a place I love than like live in a city that I don't give a shit about for $900 a month. I don't know. And, and drinking too. I mean, like obviously, if you're going to places in in Manhattan and you're like in Midtown, like yeah, you're gonna pay seven or eight bucks for a pint. But like, there are more than enough bars around the city where you can. I mean, I know. I don't know if you've been to what's it called? I think it's Bar One Sixty Nine or something down in Chinatown. But they have 
a beer shot combo for three dollars. I'm like, you're not gonna get unreal. Yeah, yeah, you're not gonna get that anywhere else. Yeah. Even like that's just like insane. Even uh, even at uh, Freddy's, I don't know if you've been to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freddy's does the whiskey and a beer for like I think seven bucks or yeah, something. Yeah, dude, that's it's not so bad. It's not bad at all. So yeah, and I think huge huge up for me. Uh, uh, happy hours back. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware, Boston, no happy hour. Right. Illegal to right. discount liquor. Yeah, for stupid reasons, right? Wasn't it like there was some person in the 80s who like there was like a drunk driving accident or something like that and they just haven't ever fixed it because of that? It's just like people, even with all the crazy laws that, all the drinking laws that Boston has currently, even with all those limitations, people still get so fucking drunk <laughs> on a nightly basis, dude. Yeah. I'm telling you like 10 o'clock at night and people are shithoused in the streets. Yeah. So, I mean, I want to complain, but it's probably for the best. Dude, I remember my whole childhood, because I grew up in Rhode Island, like, it was a big deal if people didn't remember to buy the beer for the Pats game on Sunday. Like, a one o'clock Pats game on a Sunday, and if you didn't get beer ahead of time, like, you were fucked. There was nothing you could do. Yeah, that's that's so true. (laughs) Yeah. Are you you comfortable talking about weed on mic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah. What's it like? What's it like smoking weed with a kid around? (laughs) (laughs) Uh... I have this, I'm not to do bits on your podcast, but I, I have a bit where I talk about like how I used to be way more into it because I could, uh, you know, just get stoned and like enjoy it. But now I get like super paranoid about the joke is that like, I just sit there and stare at a plant and worry that my kid's autistic. But like, that's <laughs> the, the, the idea of it is true is that like what ends up happening is I get way too in my head about like, am I a good dad? And is he progressing the way he's supposed to like, you just like right. all of the weight and responsibility of what it means to raise a person into an actual human yeah. just comes crashing down on you yeah. when you're stoned. Yeah. I remember every once in a while, um, I would be high babysitting. Yeah. I have two uh, teenage brothers. Yeah. So I, I was like in the house changing diapers and shit. Yeah. That was fun because it was like the trauma, should something go down, isn't going to fall on me. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like I'm just big brother. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's not really on my hands, but I can imagine it being like pretty intense. Drinking's the complete opposite though, which is nice because like if we get drunk, I mean, obviously there's the responsibility of like taking care of your kid, but to me, when it, when my wife and I get drunk, we are much more like, eh, we're fucking killing it as parents. Look, he's having a great time. We're at a bar, and he's playing with Legos while we're at a bar. Like, this is what it's all about. We're crushing it. You know what I mean? It's totally. much more just like, uh, yeah, when you're stoned, you just like, every decision you've ever made as a parent, you're just like, fuck, should I spank him? I don't know. <laughs> kind of stuff. You, don't, you don't know. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, raising a kid in the new world. That's what our whole podcast is about, not make the plugs here but it was like it's all just like us basically like word vomiting the shit we're trying to figure out as parents because obviously this is our first kid and uh you know we both are we're both the oldest so we both had younger siblings but like i don't know anything about i mean i babysat and shit like that but i don't know anything about like raising a kid and so we're we didn't read the books. We didn't do any of that. We're just flying by the seat of our pants. And uh, he's great. He's doing well. <laughs> he seems like a good kid. He knows his numbers and letters and colors and shit. So, yeah. like, I feel like that's all we can ask for. But uh, every episode is just like, uh, yeah, all of it just being like, well, we're trying to potty train. How the fuck do we do this? You know, and it's that good. podcast is going to be submitted as evidence when he shoots up a <laughs> kindergarten. Yeah, probably. <laughs> My dream is that he listens to it someday and he just like maybe someday like when he is raising kids and that gets uh, some level of comfort of just being like, oh, I turned out OK, but my parents had no idea what the fuck they were doing. So the fact that I don't know what I'm doing, I'll be fine. You know, that's what I hope happens. Yeah, I find that's the exciting part about it is that um, 
you know, I, I'm very much uh, of the the type that enjoys figuring it out on yeah. my own. Yeah. And uh, I gotta imagine that's a, be a lot of fun to be your own type of parent. Yeah, I think so. I think it's definitely like more times than not, it's great. The times it sucks is definitely in the very beginning when like you're just so afraid of not keeping it alive you know because it just feels so it is so fragile but like the the life is just itself is so fragile and you're just like every decision and uh, you make and one of the things that sucked is like through his first couple years he was getting like monthly fevers and like super high fevers like really fucking high like one time he hit like 104 or some shit like Mm. it was fucking and it's so scary you're just like you don't know what to do and like you go to the hospital and they're like fuck you get out of here like we got real things to deal with and then like but you just you don't know and like i feel like people who have second kids everybody talks about like the, the, you know like second kid is just so much easier because you just have like gone through it all and you've felt all the fear that you felt the, like you just know what to actually be afraid of i think more right, the second totally. time. but in the beginning you're like experiencing new fresh fear all the time <laughs> every day it's <laughs> fear yeah yo it's crazy that's powerful yeah Man, oh man. Yeah, I, I, I remember feeling a lot of anxiety when uh, my baby bro was a baby. And uh, they do those, like, you know, they're sleeping and they do that, like, <laughs> yes. And you're just like, oh, oh my God, he's dying. <laughs> yeah. He's dying right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. And then they have weird shit like, like sudden infant death syndrome or whatever, which is literally just your baby dies and no one knows why. And like, you just read that shit. And of course, like statistically, I feel like that's bullshit though. I feel like that's a doctor being like, uh, no, it's a syndrome. We yeah. Like, I don't have the answer. It's, but. it's SIDS, man. I got him. You know, yeah. they don't, they don't know. Yeah. Probably is bullshit. We don't know, but yeah, that should, you know, and obviously it's like statistically like one in 700 or some shit. Like it's insanely low probability, but yeah, you're just like, you know, and then of course, like we live in, you know, the time of the internet where not only are you able to like access a million opinions on shit right away, and all of them are so dramatic. Like if you look up, okay, my kid has a hundred and one degree fever. What do I do? You'll find eighty parents who are like, well, you might as well just kill him because he's never going to be normal. Yeah, so start like, digging the grave. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then the other side of it too is that like uh, my wife is uh, my wife is like an Insta mom. I don't know if you knew that. She's like she has like eighty thousand followers on Instagram and like her job what yeah her job is like blogging about parenting so wow so the podcast is like the merger of like my comedic aspirations and her parenting business that she's created but like so all of our parenting shit is like public to the world oh shit she has like this huge following (laughs) like on the on the line for (laughs) everything exactly so if Haley's like oh we decided to you know this is how we are doing potty training or whatever she's got like i'm you know a certain demographic of people who are like, fuck yeah, that's great. And then a whole other bunch of people who are like, you're idiots. You're going to ruin this kid. He's going to be shitting his pants when he's 16. Like all that kind of stuff too, you know, even though she is doing all that and everything is all public and, you know, visible online. Like it also is, we're, we're just, again, we're just people who are just trying to figure it out. We're not trying to be experts. We're not even trying to like, uh, give advice on anything. We're just like, this is how it's going for us. And maybe you'll learn something from it. Maybe you won't. I don't know, but it's yeah, cool. It's fascinating to follow too. I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> We have people who listen who don't even have kids, which I feel like is the ultimate test of whether it's good content, I guess. You know, like people are into it just for the banter and like, you know, just to hear us freak out, I feel like every single time. But (laughs) I feel like it must have a little bit more value if you have kids. But who knows? Listen, even if you don't have kids, maybe it's great, folks. Entertainment is entertainment. (laughs) At the end of the day, hearing two parents freak out because they have shit dug under their fingernails is still funny. You know, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, man, oh man. Especially travel. So what what was the move? Airplane, you'd have to travel with the kid. Would you put him in a crate? <laughs> put him under the plane, yeah. Right. yeah <laughs> put him in the <laughs> overhead compartment. God, I honestly would have loved to have done that. He was a fucking maniac. One time we were taking a flight and uh, Ira Glass was on our flight. Oh, really? From NPR, you know, the This yeah. American Life guy. And uh, he, first of all, flying coach, which that NPR money, man, they don't get you. They don't get you in that first class. <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, and it's just so funny because, like, when I picture Ira Glass, I picture, like, this is the most mild-mannered, like, sweet dude. But our kid was – it was, like, a nighttime flight, and our kid was freaking the fuck out and losing his mind. Oh, really? And I feel like I could just see Ira Glass getting pissed, and I just so badly wanted, like, the next episode of This American Life to be like, it's me, Ira Glass. This week, kids crying on airplanes. You know, like, <laughs> something really- Taking over America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, like, have him, like, tear us apart on This American Life. Like, I don't know. But it, anyway, it's, he – the the big thing that we do on planes and we do this at restaurants and shit too because you just have to be able to the big thing for us is always just like uh, whatever works that's like our main philosophy is just like whatever we need to do to like maintain our sanity is the most important thing that's how we're going to be good parents so yeah, right. we're big on like on flights whatever the fuck he wants is is on if he wants to look at an ipad for eight hours like you know we normally would be like you can't watch movies for eight hours but on an airplane fuck you watch as many movies as you want to at a restaurant we're trying to eat we're trying to drink a bottle of wine and like have a moment of like normal life like yes you can do whatever the hell you want to do eat whatever you want watch whatever you want we don't give a shit dude imagine the previous generations no not even a cell phone (laughs) no computer nothing (sighs) yeah man it's no wonder that like i remember when even when i was young like my, my parents would just let me like I just had to be home when the sun was down. Yeah, they. I would just be like seven years old, and they'd be like, "Just wear a helmet when you ride your bike," and yeah. I'd just go. Dude, at the woods. Did you have woods? No. Oh my god. But, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, animals and poisonous shit. And I like, was just wandering in forests for like <laughs> most of my childhood. No one said shit to me. Who knows what was going on there? You know. One time I burned my woods down in the back of my, not all of, obviously, like not a forest fire, but it was the last day of seventh grade and I lit my Spanish book on fire because I hated my Spanish class (laughs) and then just threw it over my fence uh, in my backyard. And then like two hours later, there was like trees on fire and the fire department had to come and everything. I remember we like were trying to take buckets of water into the woods and like, you know, one by one trying to dump, it wasn't doing shit. So the fire department had to come and everything. Dude, that's so funny that you said it because I have a very similar story. Really? There was an, uh, we had an alleyway, uh-huh. like a public alleyway uh, behind our house when I was growing up. And uh, it was just me and my uh, my buddy, friends with him to this day, Oscar, what up? Um, uh, grandma was home and we were just like, you know, just like being fucking hooligans. <laughs> and we were in the back and we were just like lighting grass on fire and then like stomping it out and be like, fire is cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, one time it got like too big. And uh, there was like a mattress right next to it. So we we're just like flip it over. And we flipped the mattress on top of the fire thinking we'd be like, Poof. right. And for a second it did. And we we're like, that was cl-. And then oh. the mattress caught on fire and we we're like, <laughs> so we would run our asses into the house and then like casually walk in the door and be like, hey, grandma, what's going on? Just getting some water. You know how it is. <laughs> and then run our ass back outside and literally just like a glass, like n- n- zero right. effect just like one glass of yeah. water evaporating before it hits the flame yeah we did that like three or four runs before grandma was like what's going on and then she came <laughs> outside sure are thirsty <laughs> yeah. came outside and you could see fire over the wall <laughs> Jesus and then Christ. like you know the fire department came and of course i'm like uh, there was a kid playing with fireworks i told him not to because it's dangerous you know it's <laughs> just like making up bullshit 
Did it you was, ever? What was the like? This is your podcast, so sorry to ask you a question, but I just feel no. have you. What was the most? Because that that was probably the closest to the most trouble I've ever been in as a kid. But because my mom had to like come home from work and shit, and there was like fire, and it scared oh, the yeah. shit out of her, of course. But do you remember like the most trouble you ever got into as a kid? Like what happened? Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I was arrested a couple times before I graduated high school. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I was. Uh, I my I no drugs no alcohol I didn't fuck with any of that kind of stuff yeah. until I was well outside I mean I got drunk a couple times before I graduated high school but I wasn't like into drinking or anything like that sure. I certainly wasn't into drugs I was literally finding enough trouble dead ass sober I was uh just burning down alleyways dude dude I was just destructive you know what I mean I don't know I, like in retrospect I got a lot I got to make up for but <laughs> I was so into graffiti and, uh, yeah. and like you know trespassing gotcha and like i had a phase where me and my friends would just climb shit we were like i don't know like let's do you think you could get on top of that building and be like mm, i don't know and we would just like figure out a way to get on top of a fucking building dude it was just like mayhem like i we, we legitimately built like a collapsible pvc ladder it was so sick like i should have been applying myself <laughs> We we built a ladder that was like twenty steps high, yeah, and then it could it was collapsible into a duffel bag. We just like downloaded, you know. I had like anarchy cookbooks and all kinds of holy shit. Yeah, you were in deep, man, dude. I I was just with the wrong. I hung out with like I had like bad tendencies, and then those tendencies found me the group of friends that were like actually bad. Yeah. I just enjoyed being around shenanigans. Sure. Right. But I was very much the person that was like, I'm bored. Let's. It's 8 p.m. on a Tuesday. Let's yeah. go see if we can ransack a Taco Bell for all of their hot sauce and get away with it. You know what I mean? Just like dumb hey, silly shit. that sounds shit. like a good time, man. I don't blame you for that one. Uh, did that, did that, so just based on that, were you like into like uh, early 2000s like metalcore and stuff like that? Was that like your genre? Oh, dude, I'm so embarrassed. Yeah, you should see my high school photos. They're just like Slipknot shirts. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, no, I'm, I'm asking you. That was the exact same. I mean, I didn't have like the Anarchist Cookbook or anything like that, but I was like, diehard like Marilyn Manson dude like oh my god yeah Slipknot uh, first two years of high school I was like goth head to toe dude first concert I ever went to was Ozfest 2001 I went Ozfest 2001 and Ozfest 2003 yeah, as a kid dude. hell cool. yeah hell. my first concert was uh, Spice Girls so not nice. nearly as <laughs> cool nice yeah I, I heard w- they're gonna headline Ozfest so you know yeah, they're right yeah. Up there. still headbanging material yeah. but different kind of headbanging yeah, for sure <laughs> uh, that's great yeah, yeah, definitely a, a lot of trouble. Does that kind of stuff worry you? Because like your that's all all of that all of any kind of troublemaking is all within your kit, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think like, like we went to this thing last night here at um uh what the hell is it called Littlefield over in uh, Gowanus, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was like um people read like their childhood diaries. I forget the name of the oh the I, show. I I saw the uh, I saw something online for that Mortified is what it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super funny, dude. If you want to go, if you ever go sometime, it's it's a blast. It's cheap. Okay. It's like ten bucks, and like it's usually I think it's like five people. They get up and they do like fifteen minutes each, and it's like it's not an open mic. Like they, it's like a piece. They like you know have sure. a cohesive narrative to what's happening and stuff, and it's so funny. Uh, but I found myself more so when that was happening, like listening to like how these kids wrote about themselves or like thought about themselves and like self-image stuff. Self-image stuff's one thing, but like even more just the the insanity of what it means to be like a prepubescent boy and like trying to like sort through your and I'm like, you I feel so bad for my kid. You know, it sucks. I know, man. Like I, I feel like I'm just now starting to like chill and figure things out. You know right. what I mean? Man, oh man. 
It's insane, dude. Like these people, you know, you're just like 13 years old and like no one's telling you anything. No one's talking to you. No one's explaining anything. And yet you have all of this shit happening to you, both like physically and like you're trying to figure out how to like make friends and like what relationships are not even like like boyfriend girlfriend relationships just like what does it mean to be a friend to somebody and like what is a shitty person totally and no one's explaining any of it to you you're just like learning it and it's insane when you hear these people's journals like what they were thinking and you're just like i remember feeling all that and for me as a parent i'm just like i would do anything to make my kid not have to do that but i also realize it's impossible it's like a rites of passage everyone has to go through you know yeah I, i and that's the thing like my if you would have asked me what my relationship would have been like with my teenage brothers it would have been totally different because i thought i had all the keys and i'm like i can't wait to pass this down but now i'm i'm like what like 13 years removed from them right. and it's completely useless like all of the <laughs> shit that i learned they it's like doesn't apply to yeah. their life at all yeah so it's like, fuck, man. I'm like going to them for like, how do you do a survey on Instagram? <laughs> for sure. <laughs> you know we don't I mean? know anything anymore. It's crazy. No. Uh, My one brother, though, no uh, no social media at all, though. You believe that? See, that's the next thing I feel like everyone's going to start doing. Like, that's the next wave of it. Yeah, he's on it. I mean, he's senior year. He doesn't have Instagram. He doesn't have Facebook. He's like... Can you imagine, honestly, what that would do for your brain right now? Like, are you on all of them? Do you have everything? I have, yeah. I The only one I'm active on is instagram okay so you don't really use twitter or facebook or anything i have twitter um i i try i'm trying to use my twitter for like the show you know what i mean like if you want to reach out for the show go go through twitter i have facebook but i i mostly use it just for events totally that's what i use it for too it's like i feel you in new york at least you have to be on facebook for comedy like that's the only way it feels like a massive mistake not to be yeah for sure you're missing out on a lot uh but yeah, man, I feel like that is uh, the, the shit that that would do for your brain. Can you I, just like how, I don't know, from a productivity standpoint or uh, I don't know, just clarity to just be a person like your brother who's not doing any of that, who cuts all that out. Yeah. I feel like that would be incredible. But then, yeah, I get like caught up in the shit like, well, if I'm not on Facebook, how am I going to know about blah, blah, blah show that I could go to and uh, I'm going to get it booked on it. Yeah. Like, I feel like I have to be there. Yeah. You know? it, it's worth mentioning while he doesn't have social media, he does play Fortnite for like eight hours a day. <laughs> So okay. it's like, well, then, yeah, there is some kind There's of trade up. He's not just like a fucking Amish kid who's sitting there like reading the, <laughs> yeah. the Bible. Yeah. He's got- Churning butter. Um, Croatia. Were you this? You said this is a year ago. Yeah, this is literally a year ago. We were in Croatia right from right now. Were yeah. you were you cheering for them at all in the uh, World Cup? No, fuck those guys. I have I have I hate everything about that country. <laughs> Whatever happened in the war where they got their independence, I hope that it, I wish it didn't happen that way. <laughs> I didn't care about them at all. It ruined my life. I got sand fleas while we were there. Fuck them. I was it was awful. What it was the fuck tor- is sand fleas? Yeah, exactly. You don't know people <laughs> sleeping on sl- sand fleas, dude. They are brutal. I guess in beaches there are fleas, uh, and uh, they bite like a motherfucker. Ugh. And we thought we had bed bugs, which is so fucking scary. Because dude, like, imagine, imagine. Imagine you leave New York City, <laughs> go on vacation <laughs> across the world, island. to a remote island, and pick up bed bugs. <laughs> Literally Fuck, thought that man. was what was happening. And oh like, my god, that's horrendous. Yeah, it was brutal. And uh, so yeah, we're never returning to that country. And I'm so glad France won. And uh, <laughs> yeah. fuck them forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Nice. Montreal was sweet too, though. That's a that's an awesome, awesome city. Have you been up there? I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, only only a couple times. I went one year for just for laughs. Not I wasn't participating. Yeah. Just like it was like 
the year that Dave Chappelle was like doing shows. You didn't need like, to clarify that. You could have just had it. I would have given it to you if you're just like, yeah, I was up there for JFL one year. You know. Well, so. I don't want to like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I want to earn that shit. Yeah, I get it. I was, however, in the. Uh, the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Nice. Not too bad. That's know? great. I just got rejected from two. I got rejected from Rogue Island, which is the Rhode Island Comedy Festival, literally my fucking home state. <laughs> I also got rejected from Bird City, which I thought was amazing, too. I love Genevieve so much, and I support that festival no matter what. But I was like, God damn, dude. I like it. started you know, in Phoenix. I can't even get into the Phoenix one. And I Rhode suck. Island. Like yeah. your two home places. No one loves me. All right. So uh, what do we pull? Any life lessons from your travels? <laughs> Anything you want to share with the class? Uh, nah, man. I mean, I I think. Did you have to pull the uh, Canadian thing? You're like, I'm Canadian. Oh, with like uh, pretending I'm not American. You mean? Yeah. The only time anyone said anything to me about me about being American was in. I mean, I'm sure plenty of people were like, "Fuck this guy for being American." But like, the only time anyone called me out for anything was in Germany, and someone said something about Trump, like again, like kind of roping me into like that. That was my decision. Uh, I think that's so funny when people are like legitimately asking for like answers which is what he was doing he was like a question like uh what happened man like why did you guys like literally like why did you do that like that kind of question i'm like <laughs> yeah. well i definitely didn't do it i i i voted it's not like i was even like uh you know passive in the complicit it, in it you know what i mean it's so hard to explain to people that like you're like we are wondering the exact same thing yeah yeah like yeah. we don't have the answers that you're looking for. No, and uh, it's embarrassing as fuck. Like you're in these like other countries, and uh, you know they're just like, wow, this guy is a clown. You know, and uh, yeah, it was super. It was because it was really fresh. You know, it was like we were like four or five months in when we first started traveling into his presidency, and so oh, it was really? like, yeah, so it was like really fresh, and you know, he was a fucking maniac. At, that I mean, he still is, but like, at, you know, it was brand new and crazy and so we had uh he's still a maniac but but it's at least we know what kind of manic he is yeah it is wild times god damn we we were really on some high horse shit when obama was walking around <laughs> shooting jump shots and shit dude having beers with people at the white house you dude, know like, remember when that photo came out of him smoking yeah it's yeah. the coolest thing i've ever seen in my life the coolest i loved him more because he smoked cigarettes and he was like pretending that he quit smoking cigarettes but like who quits smoking cigarettes when they become the president you know what i mean like that's not the time to quit and then, and then like the, his correspondence dinner he's just roasting people literal mic drop literal like a couple mic drops yeah. in his <laughs> yeah. time unreal uh. man yeah that was those were the good old days <laughs> yeah look where we are now yeah fuck man uh closing question okay. same question for every guest cool if you could speak directly to the refugees of the world <laughs> what would you say oh my god jeff what are you doing to me here i'm gonna sound so stupid (laughs) i've i've of all of the answers i've gotten there's only been one practical one oh okay good (laughs) so i can make a joke yes (laughs) that's more what i'm getting at (laughs) talking to comedians about how to solve the refugee crisis in the world um i would say if you're a parent uh you should check out my podcast it's a mom and dad made a podcast available on iTunes and Stitcher. That's Hell what I would yeah. tell them. Hell yeah. I think they'd appreciate it. Yeah. Get and you that, through tough times. That rolls right into plugs. So that's perfect. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what, uh, what else? People got to check out the show you're doing at Stand Up Yeah, New man. York. If you guys are in New York and you want to come to a fun late show, we have like amazing lineups the next few weeks. We're booked out for the rest of the month, but we have like, uh, I'm trying to think tonight. It's uh, Jesus Christ. Carmen Legala, who just did Colbert. She's on. Uh, we got Ryan Shutt, who's great. Next week, we have Jared Freed, uh, who's awesome. 
And, Unreal. Uh, yeah, so it's, we, we've got like good lineups coming through, and it's super, you know, it's five bucks. You get a free beer when you come in, which is an awesome deal, and uh, it's a good hang. So come out to that for sure. Fun part of town, too. Yeah, Upper West, man. Come Great on. times. It's a blast up there. Any social media stuff? Zach Andresen on Twitter, Z A C K A N D R E S E N. The worst name. My dad uh, changed his company name to Anderson Wholesale when we were kids because he was so sick of correcting people on how to spell our name. <laughs> so I don't really care if you can't find me. <laughs> what is Andresen? I don't know. It's Scandinavian of some type. Who? I don't know. One of those three countries. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah word. Yeah, that's it. And then Zach and Raisin, which is a dumb play on my last name on uh, Instagram. So it might bang. be easier to find. Yeah. All right, man. Cool. Cheers. Thanks. Peace. So hot. So hot. This is the sound of the 30s. That is the show. I hope you enjoyed, learned lots. Did we get any? What did we learn from the show? We learned uh, now is the time to go to Berlin. And uh, certainly more than one way to skin a cat or change a baby's diaper. Before I get out of here, though, some exciting news. I was talking to Zach after the podcast, and it seems as though I have landed myself onto his September 14th show. So if you want to come check me out live at Stand Up New York in the Upper West Side, I will be there September 14th. $5 tickets get you in and a beer. And as always, if you want to reach out to the show for any kind of suggestions, comments, concerns, hit me up on Twitter. You'll find me at JokesWiles, J-O-K-E-S-W-I-L-E-S. These great sounds should not be left to gather dust. You, you might dig out that old 78.